Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. I don't see them as exclusive. I don't see faith and science as an either or, but a both and. I, I, I can say, have a little talk with Jesus and have a talk with your therapist. I can say, pray for healing and go see the doctor and take your medicine. Let's get into the word. Our uh, gospel lesson comes from the gospel according to Luke, the 24th chapter. I'll be reading verses 44 through 53. Again, that is the gospel according to Luke, the 24th chapter, and I will be reading verses 44 through 53. I am reading from the New International Version. Let's see what the word of God has to say for us today. Amen. Hear ye the word of the Lord. He, he being Jesus, said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. They worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Pray with me, church. God, we come before you thanking you for being God. You are the one who was and is and is to come, and there is none like you in all the earth, Lord God. Lord, we lift up our troubles, our fears, our sorrows to you so that we can get closer to you. Forgive us for any sins that we have committed by word or by thought or by deed, by omission or by commission, and help us to forgive others as well, Lord God. Lord God, we ask... Uh, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, Lord God, so that I can hide behind your cross and be a sign that points people to the way. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. 
Today, I would like to talk about instructions after liftoff. Instructions after liftoff. I, for as long as I can remember, have been fascinated with the concept of space travel. I grew up watching Star Wars and Star Trek and Star Trek The Next Generation and Star Trek Deep Space Nine. If there was a spaceship involved, I was going to give it a shot. I also was in a club, a rocket club, when I was growing up, where we would learn how to build and launch model rockets. I remember being extremely happy, um, dating myself, but uh, going and to look through a catalog uh, to pick out the model rocket that I liked, wait for it to come in the mail, uh, go to Rocket Club and put it together at Rocket Club and paint it and put the parachute in it and put the rocket booster engine in it and put everything together. I was happy when I got to launch my rocket. That created fond memories for me. And those are the kind of memories I would also like to create for my children. We all are fascinated with space travel in some way, shape, or form. I was not in that rocket club by myself. There were plenty of uh, children who were in the club and plenty of adults that wanted to work with the children in the club. There are popular space movies. Uh, the news covers NASA launches regularly. We even have private companies like SpaceX, founded by Elon Musk, uh, launching people into space. Politicians run campaigns promising to improve the space program. Countries competed with one another to see who could hit a space milestone first. Society holds the astronaut profession in high regard. We all enjoy space travel. We all like to see the launch. There was a, a launch of sorts in scripture already. Uh, we find Jesus in the gospel of Luke talking to the disciples. Uh, in chapter 24, this is after he has shown them proof of the resurrection. This is after the walk to Emmaus. Jesus knows that his time with the disciples is short, so he must give them some instructions uh, before he takes off. And goes to return to the Father. He's giving them instructions to help the church not only survive, but thrive. But this is no simple task. You see, uh, we as believers, 2,000 years removed from the events that were recorded in the Bible, we already know how this ends. Uh, however, the disciples were in a different situation. We are standing here today, whether we are in a building or on a tablet or on our phone or on our laptop or wherever we are watching uh, and worshiping, uh, we know the story. We know how the story ends. 
But it was not the same for the disciples. You see, uh, the disciples are in a different situation. The disciples are fresh off of a crisis. The disciples saw their Savior crucified. We wear crosses on our necks. We wear uh, crosses on our clothes. Uh, So many church logos uh, use the cross as part of their symbol. We hang crosses on the wall. We, We have glorified the cross. It is a symbol of Christianity today, but that symbol was not as glamorous back then as it is now. James Cone wrote, uh, unfortunately, during 2,000 years of Christian history, this symbol of salvation has been detached from any reference to the ongoing suffering and oppression of human beings. Uh, James Cone basically says, uh, when he's looking for something to compare uh, uh, from the cross, what the cross would have been during the Bible times to something today, uh, the closest thing that he can find that would make the same uh, cultural sense is a lynching tree. James Cone says in his book uh, about the lynching tree and Christ that uh, the cross to the people of God would be like a lynching tree to black people today. This was something that everybody gathered around to watch to see what was going on, uh, both with the cross and the lynching tree. This is something where people made an outing of it, these public executions. And here you have these people who have been traveling with this man for at least three years. And he has been executed like a common criminal. The savior that they thought was there uh, to help them just got executed like a common criminal. And not only did he get executed like a common criminal, one of their own betrayed them. The disciples are trying to recover from the trauma of seeing their savior lynched and figure out how to go forward. Jesus has risen from the dead, showed himself to the people, and is looking to cover a few things before his ascension. And that's why it is no easy task. Uh, Jesus knows that he's about to be carried away into heaven higher than any spaceship could go. But before Jesus leaves, he wants to prepare the disciples one last time. And that is where we are at in the passage that I read. I won't be before you much longer, but there are a few things that I find in the text that are important uh, that I feel can help us as we have these instructions on how to carry on after the liftoff. Amen. Uh, The first thing uh, is the word. Let the church say word. Put word in the comments. Uh, Jesus tells the disciples uh, that 
his ministry on earth fulfilled the prophecies of scripture. Uh, the gospel according to Luke focuses a lot on making sure that they know that this man from Galilee, this Jesus of Nazareth, fulfilled the scriptures. He fulfilled uh, the Luke constantly mentions the Old Testament prophecies and then mentions as Jesus is fulfilling them over and over in the Psalms and in Isaiah and in all the other Old Testament books. The writers tell you that a savior is coming and this is what the savior is going to do. This is where the savior is going to be from. These are some of the things you have to look for. And everything that was prophesied about this Messiah was done. And the Savior did it over and over in the Gospels. Uh, they said what Jesus was going to do. And so he is letting them know when he says in the text that this is what I told you while I was with you, everything must be fulfilled that was written in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. Uh, the Bible, I've said before, is not the Bible has history in it, but it is not a history book. The Bible is about a bloodline and getting us to Jesus, telling us about Jesus and telling us what we're supposed to do now that Jesus has ascended. And so as early as Genesis, they talk about it and all through the prophecies of Scripture, they say that and they say what he was going to do. And so Jesus is telling the disciples some things that they already know. And it's just reactivating it in their mind. We need to be able to keep the word of God in us and in our hearts and minds. 2 Timothy 2 and 15 says to study to show thyself approved. A workman needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We need to know what the word says if we want to get what God wants for us. If we keep saying what God didn't say, we're going to keep getting what God does not want. Ah, ah, so we need to know the word. There should be no reason I keep coming across so-called atheists and agnostics and they find time year after year to read the Bible cover to cover. And some of us only open the Bible up once a week. If that study to show thyselves approved. If we opened up the Bible a little more than once a week and spent some time in the word, I feel like some of our problems would be better. I, 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 I think about it all the time. It's because I opened the word that I got involved in the community because Isaiah 1 and 17 told me to, to preach justice and rebuke the oppressor and defend the widow and the fatherless. Uh, I, I, I I care about other things because the Bible tells me to feed the hungry and clothe the naked. Uh, G James said that that was what true and pure and undefiled religion was, was to take care of those who can't take care of themselves. Amen. There's more in this book about how we're supposed to relate to people. Then besides John 3.16, God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son and, and, and Romans 10 and 9, confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart. There's more to this. There is more to this. Uh, and so he tells them about the word and the text says that their minds were open. Jesus reminded the disciples of what they already knew. And I like this verse and I, I liked it even more in my study because when I looked up what the Greek word used for mind was it meant intellect. Jesus was activating this ability within the disciples. 
And I like it and I like others like this because I came from a technological background before I got into this, uh, this vocation of a religion. And I like it because it means it's okay to keep your brain on when you walk into the church. Faith is not opposite of science. I am a man of faith. And I also am a man of science, and I feel that you can be both. There is both within being a believer. I don't see them as exclusive. I don't see faith and science as an either or, but a both and. I, I, I can say, have a little talk with Jesus and have a talk with your therapist. I can say, pray for healing and Go see the doctor and take your medicine. It's not either or, it's both and. He activated the intellect within the disciples. He knew that they were going to have to take uh, uh, some, some work to be done because we're going from 12 to billions before it's all said and done. And you can't do that if you don't activate what's in those disciples. And so he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures and understand what needed to be done in the name of Jesus. He gave them the word. Second thing he gave them or told them to do is to be a witness. Let the church say witness. Put witness in the comments. Now that the disciples have this knowledge and this power, they must put this knowledge and this power to use. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus said to tell, Jesus told the disciples to go out into the world. And let the people know that their sins are forgiven in the name of Jesus. Proclaim the name of Jesus to all nations. Start in Jerusalem. But go proclaim it to all. Uh, time and time again, Dr. Jamie Clark Souls is ringing in my head. New Testament professor at seminary said that you cannot be a Christian outside of community. Amen. Go out and tell the world about Jesus. Uh, uh, to, in order to be, when you look at the legal system, uh, a, a witness, right? Jesus tells the disciples that they are witnesses. Uh, to be a witness in the court, you have to have seen something or you have to know something. And you have to be willing to tell somebody else about it. I'm, I'm going to say that again. I'm going to say that again. A witness in a court system either saw something or they know something and they are willing to tell somebody about it. A witness to a crime or a witness to another, uh, some sort of event, whether it's a civil case or something like that, uh, uh, the, the witness gives testimony about what happened because they were around when it happened. But they also bring in other witnesses that may not have been around 
when it happened, they bring in expert witnesses. And the expert witnesses are brought in not because they were around when it happened. They may have been around when it happened, but they're also brought in because of what they know. Uh, if there's a financial case, they're going to bring in a financial expert. If there's a medical case, they're going to bring in a medical expert. If there's any kind of thing going on, they bring in people who know something about it, but whether they were there when it happened or they know something about it, they got to tell somebody else about it. Be a witness. If they know something, of no matter if they were around or if they know enough about it, there is a conversation. They have to speak on it. They have this in common. They still must talk to other people about it. Tell it and tell it all. Uh, the disciples were around when Jesus healed the sick, raised the dead, opened blinded eyes, and now they have to tell the world about it. Now, we may not have been around while Jesus was healing the sick, raising the dead, opening blinded eyes, but we know about Jesus, and we know the grace and mercy uh, through of God through his only begotten son, Christ Jesus, and we ought to be able to tell somebody about it. We got to learn the word and we got to be a witness. We cannot have repeatedly churches that are not connected to the community that they are in. We must be a witness and be out in the world. He says all nations. He says to share the repentance and the forgiveness of sin in the name of Jesus to all nations. All nations is definitely not uh, staying inside of these four walls and acting like a fraternity or a sorority or a social club that is not open for membership right now. We got to get out in the world and be a witness. And so we got to study the word. We got to be a witness. And the last thing we got to do is worship. Let the church say worship. Uh, put worship in the comments. Uh, once Jesus ascends into heaven, the disciples, I read the text. It says, when he had led them out to Bethany, he lifted his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. And verse 52 and 53 say that then they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple praising God. Uh, once uh, once the uh, Jesus launched into heaven, the disciples go on praising God. And this is not a singular event. They worshiped and were continually at the temple blessing God. Praise is participatory and it is ongoing. Psalm 34 one says, I will bless the Lord at all times, his praises shall continually be in my mouth. Hebrews 13 says to let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise. Psalm 113 says from the rising of the sun until it goes down, the Lord has been 
praise. The disciples worshiped continually and they praised God and we need to be able to worship continually and praise God. You have reason to praise them. The Bible says, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. So if you can do this, you got a reason to praise him. When Jesus was coming into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday and the people yelled out Hosanna, he said uh, they told him to tell the people to be quiet. And he said if, if they're quiet, the rocks will cry out. I don't know about you, but I don't want any rocks crying out for me. When I look back over my life, I realize if it had not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah, thank God for saving me. We have to worship. We were put on this earth to worship. We were put on this earth to praise the one who was and is and is to come. We were put on the earth to praise the one who sits high and looks low. We were put on the earth, to, the, the world to praise him, everlasting, prince of peace, mercy, the bishop of souls, the rose of Sharon. The disciples showed us what we were supposed to be doing, worship. Because they had something to be joyful about. They had something to be joyful about at all times. And it's something that we can be joyful about. We can be joyful about knowing Jesus in the pardoning of our sins. He did all the hard work coming to live a life here on earth and willingly gave himself up. But that was not where the story ended. He rose on the third day with all power in his hands and he ascended into heaven. We say it all the time. I believe in God, the father almighty creator of heaven and earth and in his son, Jesus Christ, who, who was crucified, suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, dead and buried. And on the third day, he rose again ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the God, the father. And from there, he's going to come to judge the living and the dead. We can be joyful in knowing that in the, if we know Jesus Christ and in the pardoning of our sins, we'll be saved. And that is what the disciples needed to do. That is what the disciples were instructed to do, was to go out and preach repentance for the forgiveness of sins in the name of Jesus to all nations. That is something to be happy about. Study God's word. Witness to the people and worship the Lord. If we can do those things and do them well, the church can rise to levels and new heights that we have never seen before. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come. Pray with me, church. Oh, Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. We thank you for every good and perfect gift that comes from above. We thank you for the word that went forth. We thank you for those who will hear the word and receive it, Lord God. Let it be a seed that is planted in good soil and produces a great harvest for your kingdom and that people will want to know Jesus Christ and the pardon of their sins. Let it be a seed that the Holy Spirit nurtures so that people will want to study the word of God, be a witness to others, and worship the Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media, Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor J. Simpson Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching, and God bless.